Well, good evening, everybody. Great to have you all here this evening on a Sunday night. Amen. Somebody told me there's a little sport game taking on, playing somewhere. Now we get to see who's really on fire. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know. Maybe not. Okay. Well, again, it's so wonderful to have you guys here. And it's such an honor for us to once again be able to invite Dylan from from Iris Global to come and join us this evening. Dylan. Could I, could I have you play? I know you, I know you, you do that with Pastor Alex, so I'm going to steal your... Is that all right? <laughs> come on. Come on, can we, just, can we just lift our voice to Jesus? Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. God, we thank you for life and life abundantly. Lord, we thank you for those dry bones coming alive. And Lord, I thank you. I, I just feel like I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying that the army is sitting in this room. That, that the army of God is actually sitting in this room. And I just feel like there's going to be an eruption that happens in Vero Beach this next year. And I, I just felt like, I, I felt like the Lord says, uh, that, the, that I saw the Lord with a tuning fork, and I just saw him striking the tuning fork, and I just felt like the voice of the Lord, the, the, the prophetic word of the Lord is coming to this body, it's coming to this place, so that, uh, so that everything that can be shaken will be shaken, and the only thing that will remain is the kingdom of God. Lord, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your voice. I thank you for your, your place. And I just felt like even as he struck that tuning fork, I saw these seeds in the ground. And I just felt like there have been seeds that have been planted for months, for years, for years and years. And I felt like it was, I felt like, uh, Pastor Alex, there's even seeds uh, that were here before you even moved to the U.S. And I don't know how to fully explain it. But I, but I, I know that the Bible says that some uh, plant some water and some reap. And I just felt like, Pastor Alex, you're going to step into this place as the word of the Lord goes forth in, in this church and the word of the Lord goes forth in Vero Beach. You're going to watch as the harvest comes in. You're going to watch as the shoots that have come up and the things that you haven't even sowed are, are actually going to erupt. Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you that your voice is coming to this place like a mighty, mighty rushing wave and a mighty rushing wind. And Holy Spirit, I ask God, would you move on our behalf? Would you move, God, so that we can look like you, so we can talk like you, so we can walk like you? Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for your anointing in this place. God, that breaks the heavy yoke. That breaks the heavy yoke. And I just felt like there were many of us, there's, there's many of us in this place, and you've been walking under this heavy weight that's not the weight of God. I just felt like the enemy, like I saw a few of us in this room, and it was like it was like this heaviness, almost like this dark cloud, oppressive thing was resting upon you. And if that's you in this place, I just would ask, would you just stand to your feet? It's 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 almost like I'm not saying you've done anything wrong. I'm just saying that that, that it's almost like you just can't get out from under it. I just feel like that thing's gonna break right now. And the, the anointing of the Lord to break the heavy yoke is going to move right now. So if that's you, you're standing, would you just raise your hands straight to heaven? 
Lord, I thank you right now in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. You're breaking every yoke. I thank you, Jesus. You're breaking every yoke right now. Every yoke right now that's not of you. And depression and oppression from the enemy, we command you to go right now. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that your voice is coming clearer than ever before. God, and I thank you for the ones who stood in this place with the courage to say, you know what, it it, it is me. It is me. But God, I thank you that you're breaking the lies of the enemy right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come in greater measure right now. And God, do what only you can do. Lord, I'm not waiting. We're not waiting for till the end or a certain moment of a service. God, we want you to interrupt and disrupt so you can instruct us, God. And so I'm asking, God, would you move in this place like a mighty, mighty rushing wind, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, you know, like David said, I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. Even on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a Super Bowl. And I'm a, I grew up in, in the States, so I'm a huge football fan. But I, it just kind of, I just don't care anymore as the years have gone on. I mean, it's cool, you know, I'm not, I'm not hating on the Super Bowl, whatever. But it's, uh, it, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to see all you amazing, beautiful people that showed up here tonight. Yeah? And God's so good. Amen? You know, I was thinking while we were singing that song, prophecy is one of my, it's one of my, my favorite things in the earth. And Paul writes to the Corinthian church. Actually, let me just turn there. This isn't where we're going to land tonight, so you don't need to turn there. But I, I just want to turn there for a second. You know, the Corinthian church, it was erupting. It was erupting with the things of God. It was erupting with, with signs and wonders. It was erupting with the move of the Spirit. But Paul, their spiritual father, writes them. And, and what's so interesting to me is, is chapter 12 is, is a chapter all about spiritual gifts. Chapter 14 is all about spiritual gifts. But chapter 13, right smack dab in the middle, is a chapter all about love. And I don't think that's a coincidence that he wrote it that way. Why? Because I think without love, and I know, he says in in chapter 13, if I could speak with all languages of earth and angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains. Come on. If we had a conference, and it was called Moving Mountain Conference, right? And it wasn't just a a faith thing. Like, you could come there and mountains were going to move. How many know that place would be packed out? How, how, How many know that as he writes, you know, if I gave everything... I had to the poor, even sacrifice my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. How many know that, you know, if he said, he says in verse 2, if I had a gift of prophecy and I understood all of God's secret plans, what if we had a conference and it was all of God's secret plans? Man, that place would be packed out. You couldn't get enough people in the building. But if you don't do it out of love, it it, it profits you nothing. That's a sobering (laughs) verse for me. 
And what's even more sobering is it says, I could give my body to be burned. Man. I don't know about you, but that, that hits me. Man, my motives are really important. Your motives are, are really, really important to God. Your heart is really, really, really important to Jesus. And why you do what you do is just as important as what you do. And then we see in, 14, uh, in, in chapter 14, he goes right back in and he says an, um, this amazing phrase. He says, let love, he says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And I think we, we just skip over that all the time. Especially those first two words. Pursue love. And we go right into desire that I may prophesy. And we forget the first two words. And I actually unfortunately believe that the church has got those two things backwards. And I believe we're pursuing gifts while desiring being loved. And the unfortunate thing about that is this. If I begin to pursue a gift and I desire love, I'm looking for my identity still. And I begin to prophesy for identity rather than prophesying from identity. And if I begin to prophesy for identity, that's where things get off. Why? Because my motive's not love. My motive is that you'd be wowed by a gift. And to be honest with you, I don't want my life or my ministry or anything to wow you. I want my life to woo you to a place where you fall in love with Jesus. I thought today was so beautiful how the Lord was just ministering to people. And I've been in this place where I've, I love laying hands on people, man. When I was younger, that was, that was like my go-to. Like, let me get these mitts on you. And I, I didn't even know what was going to happen, but I just had faith something was going to happen. When I was younger, man, I, I still will. I'll pray for anything that breathes and even things that don't. And I love that. I don't want to lose that zeal. But, but I'm telling you, man, God did something so beautiful here this morning in both services where I, I really believe. How many, how many of you say, would you, you just met with the King of Kings? Yeah, that, that's what's important. If you forget my name, I, I did a great thing. But if you remember what he's done, that's the most important thing. So let's make it our goal this year. Let's make it our goal to be ones that pursue love. And then absolutely, let's desire these gifts. This is the fire conference, right? And... And John the Baptist said, I baptize you in water, but there's one coming. And he is the great baptizer. He will baptize you in the fire of the Holy Spirit. And that fire is not just a fire uh, for a moment. Acts talks about the apostles being continually filled with the Holy Spirit. But it's not just so we can sit in a pew. I had, a, I had a vision a few years ago, and um, I'm sorry if this is a little, um, a little grotesque, but it's what I saw. I saw a church, and in the church, there were all these pews. 
And in the pews were all these people. And I noticed that the people were just morbidly obese. They were huge people. Every one of them. And I looked around and I thought, what is happening? What is this place? And the Lord just whispered to my heart. He said, Dylan, my people have eaten and 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 eaten. But they aren't doing anything with what they've received. And I'm telling you tonight, church, that if we become a people that just eat and eat and eat on teaching upon teaching upon teaching, and I I love that we live in an age where, man, you can click a button and get any teaching you want anywhere around the world. That's amazing. That's, That's a beautiful thing. But man, God didn't just save you for you. And he didn't, he's not going to pour his fire out upon you just so we can just sit. He's not. The Bible says, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. And I just feel like tonight, God wants to challenge us in the most beautiful of ways. I started this year on on December 31st. I was driving in South Carolina, and, and, and the Lord asked me a question. Does the Lord ever ask you questions? He asked me a lot of questions. And if, if you look in Scripture, he asks a lot of questions. And he asked me a question. He said, Dylan, what do you want? And that was a very strange thing that the Lord of the universe would ask me what I want. And I was driving, and I was driving to my sister's house, and I, I, I just thought and thought. And I, I got to the destination. I just pulled over. I sat in the car, and I just began to weep. And I mean, there's things I'm believing God for. We all have promises. But I found myself in this genuine place with God where I said, Lord, I just want you. I just want you. I don't care how you want to show up in my life or what you want me to do. I just want Jesus. And I think if we could become a people, man, if I'm looking at a huge room, if we could become a people that just want Jesus, that could be amazing. Because he'll take that and then he'll equip us and then he'll send us. I want to be I want to be a people that just want Jesus. And of course, when you get Jesus, you get all the benefits, all the things, all the amazing gifts and grace that he wants to pour out. But I want to look tonight at some scripture. And uh, I know I know I went somewhere with with the giftings of God. Everybody okay? We good? Awesome. I want to look tonight at um, some of our words of our king. If you would, turn with me to Matthew chapter 10. And uh, we're going to start in verse 5. Now, this is Jesus. He's got his friends with him. He's got his disciples with him, and he's about to send them out. And I want you to understand something. This is the same life that you're called into. 
when I was praying there, I was wrestling through which messages God wanted me uh, to share. And I just felt this one jump up in my heart, and here's why. The Bible says that freely you've received, now freely give. And I'm looking at a room that each one of you in your sphere of influence, wherever you work, wherever you live, whatever you do, there's people that you are going to meet that I'm never going to meet. And there's people that God wants to use you and flow through you to see brought into his kingdom, sozoed, healed, and set free. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? I believe that. And Lord, I thank you that you're doing that tonight. So we're going to look at this real quick, okay? Matthew chapter 10, verse 5. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Come on. And there it is. Give as freely as you have received. How many of you are praying for the sick? Come on. Come on. These words are still true today. He wasn't just speaking to the 12. He, he was speaking to all that would follow him. Heal the sick. Come on, get your hands on some dead people. And let's believe that they'll be raised. I have a spiritual dad. He, he, uh, he's an amazing man of God. He got a prophetic word that he was going to see the dead raised. And uh, he prayed for a hundred dead people. Then he prayed for a hundred more dead people before he saw it happen. Why? Because he had a word from God. Go raise the dead. And when he would pray about it, the Lord would say, hey, I want you to live a normal Christian life like you have a word about raising the dead. So 200 times, nothing. But man, 200 and first. He saw it. He saw a little boy in Uganda who was dead for days. Get brought up on a stage. Body was completely stiff from rigor mortis. And within a few hours was back playing soccer behind him. And Come on. Jesus is still alive. He's still raising the dead today. And this commandment to us is for us to do the same. I've prayed for a few dead people in my life. Unfortunately, I have not seen them come back. But I'm not going to let it discourage me or stop me from running after what it is that God has commanded me to do. And I just believe in this fire conference, there's something God's doing. I believe this morning God was dealing with our hearts. He wanted to, he wanted to bring us back. Now that he's brought us back, now that he's done some things in our hearts, it's time for us to go to work. And, and God doesn't just save us. He doesn't just pour his spirit out on us again just so we can sit. He does it so that we can actually become something and, and become his ambassadors on the earth. So Jesus says this, don't take any money in your money belts, no gold or silver or even copper coins. Don't carry a traveler's bag with a change of clothes or sandals or even a walking stick. And don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work 
deserve to be fed. Come on, what is a walking stick in sandals? It's transportation. He says, don't worry about those things. Don't worry about those things. Now, I know there's cultural context, okay? And I know, I know many of us, I, I want you to hear my heart as we dive into this. Your life is not, is not called to be Pastor Alex's life. Your life is not called to be my life. Your, your life and then your anointing, you need to walk in your anointing. And, man, I, I'm tired of seeing the body of Christ comparing ourselves to one another and, oh, we don't match up because my life doesn't look like that. Well, guess what? You're not called to that. You're, you're called to the place that you're called to. And like I said, you're going to meet people and be influential to people's lives for, with, with people that I'll never, ever meet. Jesus said, it's better that I go because there's going to be one that comes. Who? The Holy Spirit. Why, why do you think that it, it was better for Jesus to go? I mean, in, in all honesty, when you read that verse, it seems like a very interesting thing, right? I mean, he's God on the earth. I think there's a few reasons why he did that and why he said that. But one of those reasons, I believe, is this. Because now I'm looking at a room full of ones who can walk in the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus wants to multiply himself through us. And he wants to send us out into Florida, into Vero Beach. He wants to send us out on mission. And he wants to do it through you. I'm telling you, I'm going to say it a bunch of times. God doesn't just love you. He wants to use you. Let's skip down to verse 16. This is a good one. Jesus says, look, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. So be as shrewd as snakes and as harmless as, as doves. But beware, for you will be, but beware, for you will be handed over to the courts and you'll be flogged with whips in the synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other unbelievers about me. You know, a lot of Christians that I meet, we just want to be sheep among sheep. And we cozy up and bye. Right? And I'm all for that, man. I, we need the body of Christ. We need one another because I can't run without you. I need you to pray for me. I, I, I need you to, to be there. I, I need you to come to me when, I, when I'm struggling and, and me come to you. We need one another, right? We lift each other up in prayer and thanksgiving. We, it, the Bible says to carry each other's burdens. So I love cozying up with my, my sheep friends. But man, Jesus commands, and it hasn't changed. Go. Go. And I'm sending you out to the exact thing that will kill you. But take heart. Why? He's with us. You cannot take a life of someone who's already given it. And I, I've been, I was just in Mozambique. I've been with the, with the persecuted, persecuted church. And their faith outstands me. Their faith convicts me. As their, their wives are, are taken, their kids are taken. And for the sake of kids in the room, 
just use your imagination. The worst. But man, they got a heart that says Jesus is with us. And they're watching. They're watching as the church is growing at a rapid rate. Why? Because the church always grows in immense persecution. Do you know where the fastest growing church in the world is right now? Iran. Good on you. The fastest growing church in the world is Iran. Do you know what Iran is facing? Massive persecution. Massive persecution. But what are they doing? Go. I'm sending you out. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. And I'm telling you guys, when you walk out those doors, somebody may not pull a gun on you for being a Christian. Somebody might. But, but I'm telling you, you got to go. It takes courage to follow Jesus. I was driving down the road. seems like I have a lot of moments with God when I'm driving. I, I do. I was driving down the road a few months ago, and I was, I was just wrestling through some things in my life, and, and I was praying about decisions, and I was thinking about how many times people come to me, and they ask me, uh, they, they, they often ask, Dylan, I want clarity from God. That's a good question, right, Pastor? But the Lord spoke to me, and he said, Dylan, you're asking the wrong question. Don't need to ask me for clarity. You need to ask me for courage. Courage over clarity. Why? Because Hebrew says it's impossible to please God without faith. So if I have everything clear before me, that takes no faith. But man, Abraham walked. And guess where Abraham walked? To a land that God would show him. He had no idea. Courage drove Abraham to walk. Courage drove Noah to build a boat. Courage drove Moses to lift up his staff. Courage drove David to slay Goliath. Courage drove Peter and Paul and James and John. And courage of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you to go and to reach the ones that no one else wants to reach. To go and to find the ones that no one else will, will go find. That courage is the same courage that God gave these men, is the same courage through the Holy Spirit that He wants to give you. And we're crying out for clarity. We're crying out for clarity. And I don't think God's upset by that, but I think He's saying, just go. Clarity comes as we walk. Clarity comes as I apply faith to the things God's called me to. Let me ask you a question. Is the life you're living and the way you're living it, does it take any faith at all? Does the life you're living actually take faith? I know that's a, I know that's, that's, that's the kind of questions I ask myself because it's impossible to please Him without it.
I want to be a man of faith. And I believe I'm looking at a room full of people that want to be men and women of great faith because we want to please our Father. Right? We want to please Him. Let's look at verse 27 and 28. What I tell you now in the darkness, shout abroad when daybreak comes. When I whisper in your ear, shout from the housetops for all to hear. Verse 28, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Don't be afraid. Do you know what the most common phrase is in the entire Bible? The, the, the phrase that shows up more than anything? Fear not. Why? I think it's because God in his infinite wisdom knows there's going to be a lot of things that want to scare us. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the safest place the safest place is in the will of God. The safest place is in the will of God. The safest place is in the will of God. And what's the will of God for you to go? If you're a chiropractor, go. and Share Jesus with people. It doesn't have to look like you breaking open the Roman's road. It can look like you just saying, hey, real quick, I just want to tell you I'm a Christian and Jesus is absolutely madly in love with you and he has a plan for your life. Do you know him? If you're hearing any condemnation in what I'm saying today, that's not God. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But if you're feeling conviction, that's God. So Jesus looks at him and he says, don't be afraid. <laughs> don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They can't touch you, your soul. Let's look at verse 39 really quick. If you cling, is, is it all right if, that, I'm, that I'm just kind of looking at some highlights of this scriptures? If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you'll find it. Come on. Come on. How many of you want to find life? John 17, 3. What does it say? This is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God, in Christ Jesus in whom you sin. When I was 16 years old, I sat in a Methodist youth group, and someone asked, what is what is the meaning of life? I was in the back row, and I had just read that verse. And I stood up, and I said, I know. Yeah? I said, eternal life. The meaning of life is to know God and Christ Jesus in whom he sent. <laughs> and I remember my youth pastor was like, it's a great answer. <laughs> That's life, life with God. Life is found in God. 
Life is found in following Jesus, and life is found in going out those doors and winning those around you for him. Why? Because it is his reward. It is his reward. How many of you in here are familiar with the Moravians? Have you ever heard of the Moravians? Count Zinzendorf. Amazing revivalist years and years and years ago. The Moravians are ones that they would go as missionaries. Some of them would actually sell themselves into slavery. Why? Because they knew if I could just get on that boat, I can maybe lead those other ones that are in slavery to Christ. They would pack their belongings in coffins as they would go. Why? Because they knew where I'm headed, I'm not coming back. And they were the ones who came up with the slogan, may the lamb receive the reward of his suffering. May the lamb receive the reward of his suffering. And I want my life to say that. I want my heartbeat to say that. May Jesus receive the reward of his suffering. What's his reward? It's a whole heart given to him. It's, it's, It's us going out. It's people being set free and saved. Are you with me? Come on. Jesus is in this room. Jesus is here. And he's calling us. He's equipping us as his bride. Verse 40, anyone who receives you receives me, and anyone who receives me receives the Father who sent me. Skip down to verse 42. I can just read the other ones too. If you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. And if you receive a righteous person in the name of a righteous person, you will be given a reward like theirs. Verse 42. And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. Do you know there's another part in Scripture where he says, when, if you do these even unto the least of these, you're doing it unto me. There's a lot of people out there, man. They're the least. They're the least. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God is calling us, and he's, he's charging us in the same exact way. So what if we just made it a point? I, I made it a point at the beginning of the year. I said, God, I repent. I, I haven't done my due diligence in sharing this gospel like I should. And again, there is no condemnation in that. But what if we just, when we go out to a restaurant, let's just start doing it. Just open your mouth. What if when we go to a grocery store, we don't just go so that we can find the can of beans that our wife asked us to buy. But we actually go, yeah, we do that. Because a happy wife is a happy life, or so I hear. But what if we go, but we also know in the back of our mind, God put hungry people in our path. Put desperate ones in our path. And Lord, I'll step out. Lord, I'll, I'll step out. Lord, I'll prophesy. Lord, Lord, I'll move. I was in a meeting a few weeks ago in Pennsylvania. And it was an amazing meeting. It was a church service. I wasn't out on the streets. 
And in this church service, it was about 100 young adults, maybe uh, youth to young adults. So maybe, I, I don't know the complete age range, but I think it was something like 13 years old to about late 20s. And we're praying, we're ministering, and to be honest, we just started uh, impartation. The, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit would fall on people. We laid our hands, and, and he was moving. And my friend Will said, hey, if there's any, it was, it was towards the end, we were ministering for about two hours at this point. And we had a long drive home. But man, I, I love praying for people. We had a 10-hour drive home. We actually drove all through the night. But I love praying for people. I, I don't understand. I don't understand how people can just come in and ministers or whatever. I'm not, I'm not throwing shade, but I'm just saying, man, God loves people. Let's not forget that. And, and let's take time and love on people. Take time to pray for people. And I understand there's, you got to go and, and things happen. But we're standing there, and Will says, hey, if anybody has not received prayer, we want to pray for everybody in the room. And so a group of, of these young adults line up, and I just begin go, to go down the line. More, fill, touch. Thank you, Jesus. Fire. And people are getting touched. And I get to this one young lady, and I hear as clear as day, the Lord says, Dylan, she doesn't know me. Now, that's kind of odd at the end of an impartation service, right? Why is a, why is a non-believer standing there in front of me? So, to be honest with you, I just kind of kept going with what I was doing. And I heard the Lord say, Dylan, she doesn't know me. So I thought, I said, man, okay, how do I approach this? Because if this isn't God, I could, I could really offend her. As, as someone ministering to her. So I just said, hey, uh, how's your walk with Jesus? I just asked her a question. She's bawling. I mean, she's, she's encountering God. She's bawling, crying. And I, I said, hey, how's your walk with Jesus? And she said, well, I, I, I'm kind of working on that. I mean, that's my friend. And she points her friends just out. <laughs> and, and she invited me here and, and I said, have you ever given your life to him? Have you ever surrendered fully to him? She said, no, no, I, I haven't. So what I get to do is I, I get to take her by the hand, and her friend gets up off the floor, and we call some leaders over, and I pull her out of the line, and we sit in the floor, and I share the gospel with her. And I... I call the youth pastor, or she, she was a young adult, so I call the young adult pastor over. I say, hey, she needs a Bible. We need to get her a Bible. So I get her a Bible, and I say, hey, I know this, this looks like a big book, but I'm going to tell you where to start. Start reading in the book of John. I said, sometimes the book of John, I said, sometimes the Bible can be a bit confusing. I said, but I would ask that you pray and ask, Jesus, will you reveal yourself to me as I read this book? And I said, you're going you're gonna to catch the heart of Jesus. And so I get to lead her in, this, in, in the Lord's Prayer. I, I get to lead her in the sinner's prayer. She gives her life fully to Jesus in that moment. We get her a Bible. We, we get her saved. And then we get her connected in the church so she's going to be discipled and, and walk through the things of God, life with God. 
Come on, how, how many of you know that if I was just in my moment and doing what I was doing in my normal routine of life, I would have missed it. I would have missed the one that Jesus sent me there for. I'm not saying all that other stuff wasn't God. It was 100% God. But God wanted to get that girl. He was desperate for her. And I don't know about you, but my God is still the God that says he'll go after the one. He'll leave the 99 to go after the one. And I'm telling you in this place, I'm telling you in this place, Ocean's Church, God wants to raise up a fire on the inside of us that we don't just fall into our normal routines. We don't just fall into our daily routines of ministry and of work and of family. And we forget that we actually have been put on the earth for a purpose. We've actually been put on the earth to go out into this world that's dying and sick and broken and win those to Jesus. We're actually called to go out to the ones that are, are, are wolves, the ones that are designed to actually kill us and not in fear, but in courage of the Lord and walk and share this glorious, glorious gospel with those around us. How many of you know that? Do you know that? So I'm here to just kind of stir you up a bit. God wants to stir you up. Paul writes to Timothy and he says, fan into flame. The King James Version says, stir up the gifts that were bestowed upon you by the laying on of my hands. It's time to stir it up. It's time to stir it up. And whether you're fanning or stirring, I don't really care. But God, God wants those gifts that are inside of each and every one of you have been given a gift. They've been given a measure of faith. You've been given a calling and a purpose. Everybody okay? Is this all right? I feel a little bit intense. Uh, but I, I promise I love you. I do, I love you, and Jesus loves you. And here's the amazing thing, is that when we actually live this way, <laughs> man, you find that life that he talks about. And the adventures you get to go on <laughs> are beyond your wildest imaginations. The things you get to see happen, the things you get to see God do, incredible. I've had the privilege of going, and I love going and doing missions overseas. You're going to hear one of my best friends in the whole world come and share way better on this than me in a few weeks. I think maybe next week or, or a couple weeks. Andrew, he's, he, I mean, he's the real deal. He's lived it. And, uh, Anyways, I, I've had the honor of going to where he lives and ministering there. I've had the honor of going to different places and ministering in the garbage dumps in the world and some of the poorest places in the world. I was just in Alice Springs ministering to the aboriginal people, some of the most beautiful people. Man, when you pray that prayer, God, let me see people the way you see people. Man, he answers that prayer. He answers that prayer. And he puts a, a love on the inside of you. I, I can't love people the way he loves people. I can't love the way he asked me to love without him. 
I can't walk the way he asked me to walk without him. I can't do anything without King Jesus. But, but I'm telling you, it doesn't have to just look like hopping on a plane and going overseas. Man, there's lost all around us. And this right here, this book, I, I said it this morning, it's just been convicting me. This is not just some fairy tale. And it's not just some story of thousands and thousands of years ago. This is what you are a part of. And it's still true today. It is still true today. Do you know when Jesus is praying in the garden of in the garden before he passes away, before he dies, he says, I I not only pray these things for these disciples here, but I pray it for all that are to come. You know, when Jesus saves you, he saves you, he cleanses you, he, he takes away all your sins, but then he does this amazing thing. He puts purpose on the inside of you. He puts purpose on the inside of you. And there's a reason for you to wake up in the morning now. And it's not just to pay your bills and, and, and eat your cereal and, and then go to bed at night and watch the news. Although uh, all those things are fine. But, but I'm telling you, there's a purpose on your life. There's a reason you're alive. I shared it this morning. You could have been born at any time, anywhere, any place, at any moment. But Jesus said you'd be here for this time. Why? Because he knew when he needed you on the earth. I heard it said like this one time, God had a dream, and then he wrapped you around it. Do you know that you're God's dream on the earth? You're his dream on the earth, and he wants to put his hands in your hands, his feet in your feet, his mouth in your mouth, and move and flow through you. Freely you've received. Now freely give. Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for your presence in this place. I felt like the Lord just now, I felt like he wants to pray for us to pray for the sick. Is that all right, Pastor? I feel like he wants us to pray for the sick in this place. And so this is what we're going to do, unless Pastor Alex says not, okay, seriously. I want to ask, if you're sick in this place, will you just stand to your feet? I don't care if it's cancer, and I don't care if it's a hangnail. If you are sick in this place and you need a touch from God, Now, I'm not going to have you come to me. What, what I think would be really awesome, and it, if it's okay with you, if you're born again in this place, would you just raise your hand? You're born again, full of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Awesome. Would you mind, Pastor, if, if the people around them prays for them? 
If you're not, then if you're not saved, and you know if you're not, then that's okay. I would, I would just ask that you don't pray. But I, I just feel like God wants to equip his body. And we're not going to pray anything weird. We're not going to do anything weird. You're just going to repeat after me, okay? And we're just going to pray, and we're going to watch as God begins to move in this place by the power of the Holy Spirit. All right? So if, you're, if, you're, if you need healing in this place, would you just lift your hands to heaven? And then those, those around, actually, how about this? Just don't lay hands on them. Just extend your hands to them. Okay? Father, I thank you right now in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you for healing right now. Holy Spirit, I ask, would you come in this place? Would you flow in this place with the fire of your presence, God? And would your healing touch come? Lord, I thank you that you've commanded us to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse the lepers. I just felt like there's a left ear that the Lord is touching right now. Father, I thank you right now in Jesus' mighty name for your healing hand, your healing touch right now. Father, any spirit that's not of you, we command it to go right now in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord, that you love him. Thank you, Lord, that you love these ones that are standing and you died for them to be made whole. You died for them to be made whole. And then, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, God, I'm asking, would you move right now? Would you move right now? Would you move right now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, if it's something you can test out, will you just test it out? If it's a, if it's a knee, if it's, a, if it's something you can check on, would you, would you just begin to check? And if you, if you feel better, any, any, any bit better, would you just wave your hands? Yeah? Come on, awesome. Let's celebrate. Jesus is King. Come on, over here. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Anybody else? You just test it out. Just test it out. Anybody else? Any, any, any other? Now. Yeah? Awesome. Now, let's pray a little bit more. Father, I thank you right now. In the mighty name of Jesus for your healing touch. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're moving, you're flowing. God, we celebrate these amazing victories. We celebrate what you're doing. We celebrate, Lord, your, your, your blood that covers every sin. Your blood that covers every infirmity, spirit of infirmity. We command you to go right now, right now, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. right let's test it out if you can test it out if you can't that's okay but just if you can test it out a little bit more if these ones that already got touched if it's a hundred percent awesome let if there's anybody say hey I I feel it I really do feel a difference is there anybody in this place that would say hey I, I feel an amazing difference yeah awesome praise Jesus come on come on praise Jesus come on Come on, guys, this this is your life. This is your life with Christ. And it's not just meant to be contained inside the walls of the church. You're meant to go out. 
You're meant to go out and be trained and equipped. And man, you, you have some pastors here that I know that I know will train you in the things of God. They'll train you in how to, how to move in the things of God. But it's just as I said, and, and, and it comes full circle now. I know why I went where I went when I first went there. Your main objective when ministering is to pursue love over people. I'll give you a little secret. You want to be accurate in the prophetic 100% of the time? I do. I, I do. Here's how. Pursue love. If your motive is just to love people, God will use you. He will use you. You want to see people healed? Pursue love. You want to see miracles Signs and wonders, pursue love. And then once you're pursuing love, take that Matthew 10 call and go out. Go out. Go out and watch as the Holy Spirit uses you. He's no respecter of persons. He wants to use you. And I believe that the days of the one-man band, the one-man minister is over. I actually feel in this place, I feel to release this. Pastor Alex, I really feel like God's going to use you uh, in a whole new stream of, of what it looks like as Ephesians with the fivefold ministry of training and equipping of the church. And I, I really feel like the Lord is going to give you both these amazing strategies and, and almost like I saw, I know you have the Bible school, but I felt like it's going to be taken even further into it's Bible school and school of the Spirit together. And I saw like rooted and grounded in the word of the Lord and the love of God, but then moving in the power and the signs and wonders of the Lord. I just feel, I just feel like this, this body is at an amazing tipping point in the Spirit where I feel like you're going to begin to see miracles breaking out like you never thought was possible. You're going to begin to see people saved, delivered, set free like you never thought was possible. Father, I thank you right now in this place. Lord, I thank you for this amazing church. I thank you for this amazing house. And I thank you, Lord, for these amazing ones that I'm looking at that the Lord is calling. Hey, follow me. Follow me and watch. Watch as I take your life. Watch as I take your yes. And all you have to do is say yes. All you have to do is say, yes, Lord. Send me, Lord, I'll go. Send me, Lord, I'll go. Now, before I kind of step away, I'm going to give the meeting back over to Pastor Alex. I did want to ask if there's anyone in this place that would say, you know what? I've never met the person of Jesus Christ never met this Jesus. And the truth is everything that I just preached to you is not applicable unless you know him. None of it. None of it is possible unless you truly know him. And so I want to ask if there's anyone in this place you've never given your life to Jesus, would you be so bold to say, you know what? I would like to meet him. I want to be used by God. 
I want to go into all the world and preach the gospel. I want to fulfill the great commission. I want my life to have meaning and purpose. And I want to follow him all the days of my life. If there's anybody who would say and be bold enough to say, you know what, I've never truly surrendered to him. Would you just raise your hand in this place? Awesome, I see you. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? I love your courage. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, would you, would you mind just, would you, would you be bold enough to stand up and come down front? I know, I know it can be, hey, I know, I know it can be a little bit scary. But look, all of heaven, all of heaven rejoices when one gets saved. So here's, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to just, you're okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. So what we're going to do because of that is I'm just going to send you both just right, right over here to, to Pastor Alex and he's going to pray with you. All right. Hey, I'm so proud of you. It's awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Man, that's good news. That's a good thing. That's a good thing, isn't it? You know, you know what excites me is I just preached a message on giving your life away and going out to those who, who want to kill you. And she says, I'm down for that. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you equip us. God, that you bring us out of darkness and into light. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're calling us into a radical life for you. In Jesus' name, Pastor Alex, you can do whatever you feel. It's your church. <laughs> Amen. Um, before we close this evening, I just want to remind you, tomorrow night, we start at 7 p.m. Tomorrow night is our anointing service, so we pray for everybody. So make sure you come. We'll pray for, you know, woman, you know children and, and the, you know, the, the more mature believers early, you know, so that they can leave if they need to. But it's going to be a very powerful night. I really would encourage you to come out. You know, um, you know we want you to be ministered to. You know, I know God has already ministered to you, um, so there's going to be, a, you know, possibly a short word, maybe not even a word tomorrow night. We're just going to really minister. So how many of you have enjoyed the week so far? Amen. <laughs> so grateful to the Lord for what He's done. So let me just release you, Father. We love you. We are grateful. We are so grateful, Lord. Lord, just let us never take this for granted the opportunities that we have to come together like this. Let us never take it for granted, Lord. We're just so grateful. Lord, I just, I pray for everyone that's come out this evening. Lord, that you would just bless them as they go home. Father, that you would strengthen them tomorrow when they go to work. And Lord, just 
cause an anticipation and an excitement and expectancy for tomorrow night as we as we close the conference off. We just once again want to say thank you and all the glory and honor and the praise goes to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.